0: happy sunday good to see everybody so today is third sunday so uh we have some things going on to be aware of we have a potluck fellowship meal thanks to everybody who cooked and brought food or stopped and got food however you have contributed we thank you for that so stick around uh even if you didn't bring anything we're gonna have plenty of food we always do so stick around after uh the sermon and the regular service and hang out and uh, eat a meal with us and then after that we're going to have a bonus session and uh, the bonus session is on prayer what's it good for so uh, we're going to have a little extra uh, learning today and uh, do you guys notice the fall decorations up here on the stage today thank you sherry that looks wonderful hey sherry Um, and would you all be remembering, uh, Judy, she's not able to be with us this morning. She's dealing with some extra pains and things that is related to her condition. So, um, keep her in mind and with all the others who can't be with us this morning, uh, for the various reasons. And, uh, <clears throat> we also have a spiritual dimensions retreat coming up and we have a little promo video for that. So go ahead and play that. October 27th through the 29th, there's your dates, go ahead and book a room and let Randy know that you're going to come and hope to see everybody there that is able to make it. That'd be great. All right, let's pray. Glorious Father, may you give the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Lord, we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: There's an- Endless song waiting to be sung with the voice of every tribe, the sound of every tongue when the bride of Christ on that day of days brings with joy unto the land a multitude of praise, and like the roar of mighty seas through.
2: i found of the too.
3: Well, you got to uh, sing some songs that kind of point you in the direction we're headed. Walking your purpose. And how does this, you know, come together? This isn't uh, focusing on career or planning your week. This is uh, why you're here. Oh, why you are, why you exist. But this is part four. So we're down the road a And we are... Uh, going to look at some aspects of your purpose that I hope are stretching and inspiring. All those things. We are in a relationship with a God who is supernatural and spiritual. He is not with us as physical, material human beings living on planet Earth. He is the creator who has. Put all things together. So he is out there, and he has a desire for us to connect with him as family. He he's designed human beings to be part of this family. So we're going to start there. Come close. This is from Matthew chapter eleven. Common uh, words of Jesus. Familiar words of Jesus. But uh, Matthew eleven. Jesus said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest." He is the one who think it's in me that all these other things, all the chaos, all the pressures, uh, can make sense. So coming to him, you know. Well, I'm not really, you know, I'm not weary and carrying any heavy burdens. If you're not, you are fortunate today. But come tomorrow or next week, it'll come. The call is, come to me, that he's waiting. Our tendency is to go somewhere else. In James 5, we're told, If those of you who are sick, call the elders of the church together, and they will pray for you so that you may be healed. Christians who know this verse, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Get sick, where do they go? Who do they call? What's the first number? What's the first thing that comes to mind? And it ain't this. Did you know that God is not opposed to doctors and medical science? He's just saying get your priorities straight. You got a heavy burden? Talk to Him. Come to me. All of you who are weary, you carry heavy burdens. Man, things are tough at home. Things are tough at work, stuff at school driving me crazy. Come to me, all of you. All of you. You mean there may be something that's going going on in my life that is just so tough? I go, yeah, I should post it on Facebook. There's somebody who really ticks me off. I need to post that on Facebook. Come to me, Jesus said. That's where you find rest. That's where things start to make sense. That's when he can lift the burden. He can reshape your thinking. He can give you strength, emotional strength in the moment. He is infinite. So the possibilities are also infinite, all the things he's able to do and accomplish. But it's about coming together as a family. And that's part of what we're going to look at as part of the purpose so transform the norm transform the norm romans 12 this is after a a lengthy 11 chapters of really intense explanation by the apostle paul on how god has entered into this world and changed things and made it possible for those who know him to experience a whole new level of life it comes to chapter 12 don't Copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And we talked about God's will. That's walking in your purpose, finding out what it is that God has in mind for you. This whole changing mind thing is part of it how do you get there and i don't know if you're familiar with the definition of crazy but it's doing the same thing over and over expecting different results and you just go back and do it again and you think well this time it'll work out it's never worked out in 35 45 105 years it hasn't worked out but let's just go right back and do it again so what is he saying don't do that Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. The ones that aren't working out all around you. The chaos, the drama, the stuff, the pressures, the things that people go through. The arguments people have and you go, you know, you don't even have to do that. You don't even have to think like that. Because I have something different for you. As a child of God, led by the Holy Spirit, chapter 8 of Romans. He wants to remake us. So that we can enjoy the life that he's designed us for in the first place. That's our purpose. How do you find God's will that is good, pleasing, and perfect? you got to change the way you think. Well, I think I think fine. I think I'll keep on thinking the way I'm thinking because that's fine. And again, it hasn't worked. And so who's crazy? And just keep, keep going. Keep going there. And he says, I've got something new for you. This is about all of it. How do we fit into this world? What do we need to understand uh, about the cosmology, about the big picture? We're going to cover more of that in the afternoon bonus session, but I'm throwing that word out right now. We're going to cover that. So there's some things that, that fit into the bigger picture of all the elements that come together to uh, to make us, who we are, and where we fit in all of these things. So learn to know God's will for you by changing the way you think. you got to get close to God. you got to come to Jesus. He's got to be a priority. It's a way of living that says uh, God's kingdom, the way he runs things, is the priority. Seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. Not your kingdom, not your stuff, not your way of thinking. This is really hard to do, and you have to believe it. You have to believe that God is in this for your good, that he has something better for you than you have for you, that he knows you better than you know yourself, that he knows what's coming better than you do. And yet, often, as human beings, we bet on ourselves, and we look out for ourselves and we keep thinking the way we've always thought and we get the results we've always gotten and he's saying don't be transformed to a new person by changing the way you think so god's will is waiting for you so here we go we're going to lay out some of these pictures uh, some are repeats but we're just going to review these because we we need to make sure we've got these in our head uh, you are extraordinary you may not know that, but you are extraordinary. So you are rescued from the evil world. You are rescued from the evil world. Galatians 1.4, Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. And go, ah, the world's pretty good. Things are going pretty good for me. I got you know, a car, a place to live, food on the table. Things are good where's the evil and then if you examine your heart for a little bit who you don't like who you're ticked off at who wounded you and who you want to get back at and you start thinking man if i don't i don't know if i had real freedom here i'd i'd be straightening some things out and i'd straighten out some governments and i'd straighten out some countries and i'd straighten out some doesn't take long until we find out huh it's not just living life in the cartel. It is There's something else in us that's at work. And he's calling us to something else that I'm going to forgive your sins. I'm going to clean the slate so that you can live life to the fullest. Live it my way. Change the way you think. You are rescued from this evil world. And the evil world is the one that lives around us. So he's giving us a, a hint at knowing The Christian life is not the one that's lived after you die so you just do whatever you want now die then you got to do this that's when you leave the evil world no he's talking about right here right now not living like the world that exists around us not taking on the customs and behaviors of that world we just read that in Romans 12 this is a break from the influences of the evil that exists out there Here's why people don't get it. Satan has blinded minds. 2 Corinthians 4.4 Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They're blinded. So the truths that God is passing along, and this is also true, by the way, Whenever we rebel, whenever we're stubborn, whenever we just want to think our way and we don't want to hear it from God, Jesus, nobody. Just don't tell me. Because we want to think what we want to think. We want to be mad at who we want to be mad at. We want to say what we want to say. And we miss it. And we're unable to see the truth, the reality. You can't open the scriptures. That's just boring. I can't pray to God. That's just boring. Some of these meetings with people talking about Jesus is so boring, blinded, can't see. Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. I don't don't believe it. You're saying some stuff here. I just don't believe it. Uh Uh-huh. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. It's right there in the scriptures. It's presented in many ways. It's in creation. It's all around us. All around us. Can't see it. That's a great sunset. Yeah, it's the light refracted, you know, it's just coming around the atmosphere there, and there's a whole lot of extra nitrogen, the, the, the atoms are just bound. Thank you for that. Who painted that? Who put the nitrogen there? Who set the ball of fire out there at 93 million miles? Who did that? No, it's just the science. You just need to understand that God's not painting anything. It's just uh, blinded. Don't see it. Don't see God at work. Don't see God changing lives. Don't see any good in this at all apart from whatever I can come up with, whatever makes me feel good, whatever makes somebody else feel good, whatever makes a community feel good. And here's God saying, I've got something better for everyone. I can deal with all of it and bring it all together in the gospel, the the good news about Jesus Christ, that God himself came in the flesh, walked among us, gave us truth, told us what's out there and what's to come, but how to live here now and gives us power, gives us a way, gives us instruction on how to live that life here and now. But that means changing the way we think. That means coming to him. That means... uh, walking away from satan who's blinded mind. So we're extraordinary because we God has taken us out of the evil world. We can live differently here and now. We can have sight and see the glorious things God is doing all around us. And everything that he's he's working, the things he's working in other individuals, the way he's working in the it can be in communities, it can be in nature, it can be in science. It can it's just all around us. And we can see it. But if we're blinded, we don't understand the message. We don't see it. We can't see it. The only thing that really matters to us is whatever's happening inside our head, whatever's happening around our lives, our circle. And God's saying, you know what? I have brought you out of the evil world so that you could experience me and understand this. So come, come to me. All of you. And the extraordinary thing is he's made it possible. We who walk with him can experience this. Not be blinded. Be able to see these things. God called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you're not like that. You are a chosen people. God chose you. You are royal priests. That's representing God, royal priest, representing God's people, a holy nation. That's set apart, unique, a people of God. That's a a whole different way of looking at who you are, God's very own possession. Not just wandering this planet all alone, you are connected. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. He's called you out of darkness. That's the, the blinded part and then just stumbling around in this world, buying the culture that we live in and accepting it as that's the norm and, and accepting that that's, that's the way it ought to be. And God said, that's not it at all. In fact, Jesus said you ought to be praying so that heaven, <clears throat> heaven is bro- broken loose on earth. It's not we just let the earth you know be what it is and we go to heaven. No, be living and praying in such a way that you are bringing that reality here. But the only way you can get there is to be close to him, connected to him. He's brought you out of darkness into his light. Listening to him, changing the way you think so that you embrace those realities, live those realities, see his work in you and all around you. God has brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light, but you are rescued from this evil world. You can see, not blinded by Satan. You are called out of darkness into his marvelous light to live this life here, right now, in this world. That's an extraordinary life. And he's called you to live that. We come up with all kinds of all of our burdens and our issues, and what's driving us crazy. And uh, we narrow it down to you know you got a few names that you could write down really fast if I ask you to. Uh, some of them family, some of them friends, some of them coworkers. It, it just you'll have a list. And then people, if you go wider, you know, into the government or whoever, and who you, you know. If you could hire a hat man and, and God wouldn't be mad at you, you'd do it. So what are we fighting? What are we involved in? What is the issue around us, the battle? This is from Ephesians six twelve. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Well, yes, we are all the time. The guy driving cut me off on Highway 20. Yeah. That's a flesh and blood enemy. I got some things to say to him. That guy at work. Uh huh. Flesh and blood enemies. He said, No, we're not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Yep, it's a whole different battle. Why don't we see that? Are we blinded? Have we bought the culture around us and the darkness prevents us from seeing what God is doing in the light? Have we allowed Satan so much access that our spiritual eyes are dull and we just... Nope, it's all flesh and blood. And... um, I'm right and they're wrong. Pretty simple. And if everybody get on, on board with me, all would be right with the world. And it is not so. And there is a battle that's going on, which is why in the scriptures we have these, these descriptions. And Jesus comes along and says, yeah, we've got to look at the bigger There's more happening here than just you or just you in this time in history It's greater than that It's bigger than that. There are more entities involved than that No, there's just science Science is about knowledge. It's about gathering all the facts all the data putting them together and Some of the modern science has decided if it doesn't fit in a test tube, you can't repeat it in a lab then it's not real. There's lots of things that don't fit. You can't put Washington in a test tube and say he was the first president. Can't put Lincoln in one and say, well, got the nation back together. There's lots of things that have happened and do happen that don't fit in a test tube. It's a faulty way of thinking. Also, everything according to that version of science and the scientific method is it has to be material and it has to be material based on the things that we have here in this planet. And then you go, um, there are outside forces. Sometimes we get metal comes in from a meteorite from somewhere else. Yeah, that's not from here. There are things that happen that are like unexplainable, And if, you know, enough YouTube things, you can find this. Ghost hunters and all kinds of things are out there looking at why are these things happening? What are these strange things that are unfolding? And you go, you know, the reality is there's more to it than just the material things that you can run through. Science, true science, will include the spiritual along with the material. The immaterial with the material. You work on a brain. Is it just a brain, or if that life leaves it, that life force leaves that brain, does it work as well? No, because there is an immaterial part to everything. That may seem really simplistic, but it is so driving. And there are massive classes taught in university and books printed that just focus on the material, and they miss the bigger picture. God says, I don't want you to be blinded by that. I want you to see all of it. I want you to know there's more to this than you think right now. To explore, test, do all of those things. That's he's all in favor of that. But that doesn't mean leave out a huge part, which is the spiritual reality. That has been a faulty thing on for us as a, as a as a people. We are not fighting against Flesh and blood enemies. There's something else going on. Now, there are obviously times we are fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but what motivates it? What motivates them? What motivates us? What stirred it up in the first place? Where do those messages come from? What is it in the heart of an individual or a nation that drives them to do what they do? There's a spiritual force at work, evil, that has... Entered in, And once it gets a foothold, it can take people in that direction. And you go, that's why we're fighting these battles. That's why we need more kingdom, kingdom of God. We need more light in us so that we are bringing heaven to our homes, to our drives, to our interaction with people in the marketplace. We are the light of the world. And it happens because Jesus Christ has come and he's died and he's made it possible for us to live differently, to come out of the darkness into God's marvelous light. He's called us to something totally different. We are dealing with mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The heavenly places are the unseen realm, the spiritual dimension. They are, when the word heaven is used, it can refer to the atmosphere and the stars and what you're seeing at night out there. And you can say, yep, that's one use. There's one that speaks of heaven where God dwells, where he sits on his throne. He runs things from there. Paul mentions that as the third heaven. In between We've got these battles going on, and we get some of that from in the book of Daniel of these these principalities and powers, angelic forces clashing, and that's happening there. And there are nations named: the, the Prince of Persia, the Prince of Greece, in in the book of Daniel. and And God is trying to get this message to to Daniel and to let him know that these things are unfolding, and that these battles are going on, and he's standing with one of, one of the angelic beings when this is unfolding, as he's being told, those things are out there, and, and their battles are going on, and one nation against another, and you wonder, why, why is it that we were dealing with um, Iraq and in the, in the Middle East the way we were? Let's see, Daniel's talking about the prince of Persia back then. They don't die until Jesus comes back and deals with them Still there. You go, no, it's just, you know, it was a fight. We we were mad. People wanted to make money. Some people wanted, you know, the old military industrial complex. Let's make money. Maybe there's political stuff. Yeah. What's behind all that? It was a spiritual reality. What is that? We're fighting, not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. There's something else. Again, we may be fighting, fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but this is the reason behind it. We are dealing with something routinely in our world, out there, influencing things here. And because we don't see it, we don't name it, we don't credit it, we go about doing things just like we've always done. Now we'll blame some politician somewhere, for failure. You realize they're only human, right? We are not dealing with flesh and blood. We're dealing with some things way beyond that. And he has called you to live an extraordinary life, to come out of the darkness, into the light, to come close to him, to find that rest that he's talking about so that you have your mind clear And you can see in all of the things that are unfolding around you, close to you, in your body, things that are unfolding in the economy, the things that are happening at a distance in another land. And you can see that God is at work and that there's a battle going on. If you just focus on yourself, just caught up in the darkness, you're just mad about everything, you won't see it. You're just blinded. Guess who's behind the blindness? He's called you to come to him, to come close and to see. Here are some spiritual dimensions. You've seen this one before earlier in this as we were going through our, our walk walking with God in the world. But I want to review that this again. There's there's you uh, us the human beings living on the planet, we are material and immaterial soul spirit with you know living in a body so that's that's us existing here God who created all things one of a kind the creator he 's beyond it all he has a heavenly family uh, we'll just refer to them as angels there's lots of names and there are lots of them and they're distinct but for the for now, they're angels, so that there's angelic host out there, lots and lots and lots. so he has that family. then he decided to create the human family um, there's a uh, we just sing that song the love of god the the love of God will forevermore you, you remember that and it and it talks about the the saints an angel's song the saints and angels song so when do they sing the angels sing at creation when god created all this they're watching because they're already there so they're watching this thing unfold and they go wow they sing they're cheering they're excited about what he's doing it it's an amazing thing that that uh, that they're so involved and and we can be blinded and not not be aware of it at all. They sing again at Jesus' birth. They announce to the shepherds, or an angel announces to the shepherd that he's he's born. The shepherds take off, the angels show up in force, and they sing. They also rejoice, celebrate, jump around when a human being turns to God. That can be someone who's never come to the Lord before. It can be someone who knows the Lord, sins, walks away, comes back. They are so excited. And they're singing. So the angels are singing about all those things. It's just amazing. The um, others are the demons. We're going to, again, there's a whole bunch of different levels of that group as well. So there's there's a demonic, there are lesser gods, there are principalities and powers and a whole lot more that we don't have time to get into but those those demons are another level and of course those are from the evil side that's those represent the power uh, opposition that we are in battle with that is what god has called us to to approach to deal to to live differently so that the angels can rejoice and sing and the demons can be humiliated. It happened when Jesus was on the cross. We're told in Colossians 2 that, that those demons, Satan, and his whole herd of, of cohorts are humiliated by what Jesus does. Because he's rescuing people. He's setting up a whole new scheme of things. And they are put down. We're supposed to live that way every day. We put them down. And we glorify God our God. We put them down and we glorify our God. So the glorified, that's another group. That represents the people who have already been here. They have died. They've moved on. So they're in the presence of the Lord. Family, friends, historic uh, people, all all the people who have, have come, uh, who are in God's family. And they are there. They're rejoicing too when they get word of your turning or walking with the Lord, they are rejoicing and they are pulling for you to to walk with the Lord. That's the thing. Even if you had a flaky relative, they believed in Jesus. They just didn't really walk with Jesus. Anybody have one of those? Because I got a couple. They didn't really walk with Jesus. But the moment they see him face to face, they recognize, man, I should have changed the way I was thinking. All that stuff I just told you, they get. And they go, man, I should, have, I should have paid attention. They're there. He's training them. They're getting a whole new schooling on how this works. But the thing that they know is that you, those who know you, want you to walk with God in this world rightly, properly, totally, because they know what's coming. And they want you to be ready for that. So they're pulling for you. The angels are pulling for you. There are demons who aren't pulling for you. They'd like to trip you up at every turn. But that's a reality that exists beyond what you do in daily life, trying to figure out how you're going to cook breakfast. So it's it's stuff beyond (sighs) being extraordinary being extraordinary. This is from 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. This is God's will. God's will, this is directly stated, God's will is for you to be holy. So, stay away from all sexual sin. And in our day, even the Christians are going, "Ah, that's fine. You got a homosexual running the church and they're in a, they're marrying their their male partner, their female partner, the, the same sex. It, it's all that's all fine. No, it isn't. Somebody's been blinded. God's will for you is to be holy, unique, separate, different from the way the world sees things. Different from the world. You don't listen to the world and go, "Oh, we need to adapt to that." No, this is holy. And God has already told us, stay away from that. Stay away from all sexual sin. And this is any violation, and there's plenty of them, and you can go read Leviticus and get get a whole bunch of details. But let's just do this. The sin of the divine watchers was sexual sin. Genesis 6. So those divine beings in the heavens see the creation, they see women, they say, let's let's take on human form, have sex. There's a violation. Those are now imprisoned, chained in Tartarus. So they are far, far away. They will one day be dealt with more severely, but that's where they are currently. And uh, there's more information on that uh, available as well. But the sin of the divine watchers was sexual sin. So let's put this in, into some kind of uh, imagery for for us. So those watchers, the divine beings, keep an eye on us. We're going to have fellowship in a little bit, fellowship meal. We sit around the table. We often point to Malachi 3:16, which says, "The Lord has these representatives." who keep an eye on, listen in on the conversations we have around the table. And when he is glorified, when he's acknowledged, they write down the name of the people who do that. Huh. That means somebody's here. Somebody's keeping track. There is a record. It is kept. It is kept in heaven. And they don't lose records there. They have... Absolute accuracy. They know who said what when. They're keeping an eye. We have divine angelic watchers. We also have demonic watchers who we, well, maybe once in a while you can see them, but mostly don't see them. And then they influence and they have ways of throwing temptation your way or twisting things or, or getting somebody else fired up, and then they, they come at you. And, and so you get this whole mixture of things that are uh, happening, and you got sexual sin uh, that breaks out. Is it always just the temptation, the lust of the people? Well, you know, accountability-wise, yeah, we're, we are responsible but is is there any help from outside? Yeah. Even like for Eve. Did God really say that? Did he really say that you needed to stay away from all sexual sin or just some sexual sin? Yeah, that was the temptation. Remember that? Genesis 3. Did God really say not this don't eat this fruit? That led to a whole bunch of trouble that we're still dealing with. Well, same things happening. Temptation still comes. And we get some kind of scripture like that and go, Well, really? Does he, is that really? Yeah, he means it. Because those beings are watching. The watchers who are angelic are observing. They are rejoicing when we stand firm, when we do the right thing, when we're thinking as God is designed. They are saddened when we don't. The demonic. The evil world side of this is like, yeah, yeah, just go for it. Just whatever makes you happy, you just do that. The sin of the divine watchers was sexual sin. We are told to stay away from all sexual sin because that brings glory to God. And it's in the face that humiliates the evil world structure and the demons. Sexual, sexual sin is disloyalty to God and alignment with powers of darkness. You go, no, I was, I was just having an affair. I was just having sex. Nope. Disloyalty to God and alignment with powers of darkness. It's disloyalty to someone else, too. Just giving you a picture that it goes wider than that. Sexual sin degrades body and soul it starts to i mean it can by disease cause problems for the body but there's more to it that happens in the soul and the spirit it begins to shrivel some things begin to happen in on in the interior that affects how people interact
4: they can't get there cuz they're blinded
3: But being extraordinary means living God's will to be holy. Not to enter into these things that cause some problems. That it's not flesh and blood. I mean, the sex thing is. Beyond that, we've got the watchers. We've got another realm of divine beings who are observing or participating in this. So it's us, human beings, God other beings being profound being profound another straightforward god's will 1st Thessalonians in all circumstances for this is god's will
4: for you to belong to christ now those
3: Be thankful for all ego. I ain't so thankful about that. Let's go through this. Complaining against the Lord is the way of the rebellious. Complaining against the Lord is the way of the rebellious. That was Satan's issue. So he complains. And then it's not long until you know, human beings are roaming the earth and they begin to look at things and go, oh, I just don't like how God does that. God calls out of Egypt. He so says, You've been in slavery. Uh, come with me. And he shows them miraculous walk see
4: incredible things before their eyes. They're experiencing proofs of them who start to complain. Why'd
3: you.? Water and this is horrible, and the complaining starts. And God sees that complaining as a result. And if you remember the episodes where the earth opens up and swallows people, guess when those things happen? Complain? Comes the earth. If you feel the earth shaking under your feet, sometime when you're whining about something, just hush, because we don't know. It opened up, closed over them. They're gone. So, complaining against the Lord of the rebellious—that's been that way in the in the divine thankfulness for
4: God.
3: That's being profound. That's going a different way. It's, it's recognizing that God is, is doing something. Because we don't know what spiritual things are unfolding around us, we're complaining about things often and don't see what he's trying to accomplish. He's trying to put on a great presentation of how wonderful you are.
4: He wants them to see there. He wants them
3: to see that there'll be some you know even if you're alone he wants them to see that about all the suffering show them that you're walking with me show them we get a little hiccup tires low on a Sunday morning and oh my gosh world ended God where are you thankfulness thankfulness for God's presence and purpose that he's with us that he's called us that Jesus said come if your burdens are heavy come I'll give you rest you struggling with this you say does rest mean he makes it all perfect and now it's just a just a bed of roses uh, I think heaven is something later.
4: We dealing with things like Job was.
3: Or being an example to them. And I'm going to reward you
4: in ways you cannot imagine yet.
3: They don't believe that you will be faithful to me, loyal to me, that you will thank me in all circumstances, that you will be whole sin, that you will follow my purposes. Being found thankful, people shine against the darkness. It's being so different in the way we think. We act. We're not lashing out. We don't have to always taken care of, comfortable. That that I match the culture around me. We're not trying to compete in in ways that the we are here to shine
4: God's glory.
3: in a way that alters the way others perceive him. And they can see it in us because we're the living people that they can see here. So thankful people shine against the darkness. And when we are thankful and not...
4: Wherever you happen to be with people, well, church too. A favorite. People are drawn they are complainers and people they are drawn together you can be in a you know what they did remember when they huh.
3: this is this is totally in opposition of that thankful people shine Against the darkness. Not joining together to complain. Joining together to shine. It's pretty good. You had another one. Better. Third one. Just light it up. Shine. But it's different. It's thinking different. We come to the uh, how can I do some of this we've got to trust god we've seen some scripture we've seen some truths. trust him that means be confident in him and understand that we can that we can trust him and and that we're going to rely on him we're going to rely on him to do things in ways. He's going to provide, he's going to direct, he's going to uh, work in us in ways that will unfold. And we may not see it all at the beginning. We may not see it until we're with him later. But we trust him. And we obey. Faithful to him, faithful to the truth, faithful to the scripture, faithful to the things he's already revealed. We'll work other, there's more specific things that he he will show us and that's actually part 5 and I'm sorry this is going on again so but I keep running out of time I don't understand this all right obey so faithful and and being loyal to him being loyal to his truth being loyal to his people being loyal to the the reality of of what God is trying to accomplish so we we join him in that in that process and it's just it's Life-changing, and it, it starts with coming to Jesus, knowing that he really does care, and he has something for us. We're weary and heavy burdened, and he's going to give us rest. He's going to give us uh, clarity on some things, or just let us know that he hears us, that, that he hears us. Things and he wants to show them that we are loyal, follow, love him, that and that he loves us, and that we are shining. They see us, they they know us, they um, and they know what to do to mess us up, twist things. But he is he's he's at work, and we need to be faithful and loyal. To that reality to him and glorify him in all things. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being good to us, giving us a, a chance to know you, a chance to break away from the world. It is an extraordinary life. Lord, to come out of the darkness into the light, to to be able to have a relationship with you, to Our ways, the ways that we speak, the, the, just our presence in this world shines. Not only for the people around us, but for those beings who are observing. Thank you for the things that you are doing that are going to alter the lives of other people because we've lived here. We've been faithful. Folks, to join the family. And Lord, that we can be part of that because we love you and we want to walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.